Welcome to the worst nightmare of all. Reality. Explore the lesser-known stories of our unknown world. Join the pursuit of the paranormal with Ash and Greg. Right, so welcome along, Danny. Thanks for joining us today. Um, Hi, guys. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Are you? Yeah, we're all good. Thank you. Very uh, good. I underst understand you're really busy at the moment, doing lots of bits and pieces. So, um, Yeah, absolutely. So we won't uh, keep you too long. Um, but what we wanted to do is, is have a chat to you and sort of get to know you. People have, will have seen you on loads of different TV programmes. Um, both terrestrial and on sort of like sky and such like an amazon prime um but really wanted to know what got you into the paranormal yeah well um it's a, it's an interesting story really because um you know I, i've done interviews like this in the past and everyone says you know what what kind of sparked off your interest if you like uh, but I never really had that much of an interest in the paranormal. Uh, I never gave it a, a second thought, to be honest. You know, you, you see stuff on the TV, you see stuff in newspapers, you know, there's been ghost sightings here, UFO sightings here, you know, things like that. Um, but it wasn't really anything that I ever gave a great deal of thought into um, until I had my own experience, if you like, at, at 17 years old. And that is the moment that my whole sort of way of thinking changed. <laughs> it was an experience that, that completely baffled me. And yeah, from that moment, my interest just went into overdrive. What, what was the experience, if you're happy so, to share it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was sat around one of my, my friend's houses. There was three of us there. And the person who actually owned the house had a dentist appointment. So they went out in the middle of the day, left the two of us in there. Um, it's just a normal house on a normal street in a normal town. Nothing special about it. And um, all of a sudden, we both heard this strange noise coming from out in the hallway. And we headed outside, so what the hell's going on there? And right before our very eyes, um, there's a, quite a large staircase going to the upstairs. And... What happened next was absolutely mind-blowing. You could hear somebody running up and down the staircase right in front of us, but there's nobody there. Um, and it's, you know, not one of those noises that you can debunk as being pipework underneath the stairs, anything like that. You know, it's not an old, creaky staircase. These are full-on footsteps running up, getting to the top of them, and coming back down again. And we both kind of stood there in absolute disbelief. And from that moment on, I was just like completely gobsmacked. And I remember the thought going through my head, well, maybe there is such thing as ghosts. Um, because that was just a moment that to this day, I would never be able to explain. And, and to this day as well, even though, you know, I, I've spent years in the industry now, I've had some amazing experiences. That one will always stay with me because it was my first real experience. So 
how did you how did you feel did you did that turn you into a believer there and then or uh, no i wouldn't say uh, you know i wouldn't say i was an instant believer there and then it was just more of a case of wow you know i've just had this incredible unexplainable moment it's like you know if you were to see um a flash of light in the sky for the first time or you know what you perceive to be a ufo for example and it would just spark your interest you know i i didn't know about the paranormal and i didn't have any research behind me any knowledge of what a skeptic was what a believer was and what it would entail uh, it was just a, an amazing moment that sent me on a, a huge journey to to research for the next wow I think it was the next five years I spent intensely researching the paranormal and that is where I gained some of my knowledge from then um, and it, it was just one of those moments that I will never be able to explain one of those amazing moments that are rare to come by. So uh, your friend whose house it was did they mention that they'd had similar experiences before or anything like that? No, not not particularly. But um, the the other friend, the other friend that I was with, they were a believer in in all you know spooky things and hauntings stuff like that. And they recalled a glass smashing in the kitchen um, very randomly. Now, for me, that you know that that for me is not necessarily paranormal because you know temperature changes to the glass and all that. Um, but certainly that moment was just just mind-blowing and unfortunately i don't i don't have any contact with the the person anymore um but it would be really interesting to know if anything has happened since what happened to me all those years ago yeah so i know from watching some of the stuff that you've done that you you do try and debunk everything before you make um sort of your appraisal of what what you think it might be um what is the most compelling piece of evidence that you've witnessed and what's the most compelling piece of evidence you've actually captured on any kind of media yeah so you know there's a lot of people who, who know my work will know that um one of the main shows i work on is the haunted hunts on amazon prime and last year we were very very lucky to head over to pendle hill right in between the, the lockdown stage. Uh, it took a, a hell of a lot of work to get over there. Uh, but it was always a dream of mine to go over to that place because I, I'm just fascinated with the area I have been since uh, you know, shortly after I had that experience. Um, the most compelling piece of evidence of my entire career happened whilst we were filming that series. And it was beyond lucky. And it, I will always say, you know, you can ask me the same question in, in another 30 years' time about that moment, and it, it will always be one of the luckiest moments I've ever had because it was a simple case of being in the right place at the right time with the right technology. Uh, we left a camera, uh, one of four locked-off cameras, um, in a hallway in Lower Wellhead Farm in Pendle, which has got a real history for hauntings. It, it used to be a morgue. Um, it used to be a possible meeting place for those accused and 42 minutes or just less than 42 minutes I think it was now into that footage uh, we captured what can only be described as a cloak 
locked figure moving moving through the hallway and and actually we captured the bit it crossed past the door and you can see its feet moving and everything when i first saw this um i actually tried to put it down as what i call ghosting and that's actually nothing to do with the paranormal despite the name but on some of our cameras you sometimes get if there's a loose feed uh, a wave that appears as a shadow crossing over the camera and um, they actually to, to anyone who doesn't know about these cameras they'd be like oh my god it's paranormal uh, but what you once you actually go into the technical side of it it is just this very simple explanation of a, a loose feed and um, but when you actually look at the bottom of this what i will say is an apparition you can see the feet moving you can see the the bottom of the cloak or the dress actually moving up as well and you can see a, a, a hood like on this figure it's it's beyond the realms of anything that i would even want to contemplate going into because the simple answer is i just have no idea what it is um i can sit here now and say it's the holy grail because i truly believe it is but my understanding of it is not the wiser and i don't think anybody could understand there, there are no experts in the paranormal in my opinion um there are only people with more knowledge and more experience and in all my years of experience and you know there's people out there with way more knowledge and experience than me i have never ever come across anything like it and you know it, it, i go as far as saying you know it, it appears as a white figure but i don't actually think it is a white figure i think it's a dark black cloaked figure and um, but it appears as white in our infrared you know if i was to wear black clothing i'd, I'd appear as a, a white figure on infrared um so i do believe it's actually a dark mass moving through the hallway and yeah to this day it will always be my best ever capture it's something that i've been wanting to catch since i first ever started in this it was absolutely incredible and uh, i've had it ran by a few know it all so i'll say know it alls you know uh parapsychologists um image experts none of them can give me an explanation for it so yeah it's incredible yeah it's definitely a, a compelling uh footage I, I was watching the other night and not gonna lie i was watching from behind the behind my fingers because it is <laughs> it is um it's fascinating it's, it's like i say it's brilliant footage that you've got and the, the whole the whole series when you're going around pendle hill and all these different places quite a lot of things that you do capture uh, with yeah. the different all the different equipment that you've got now, i wanted to just ask about some of the equipment because some of it i've never uh, sort of seen or heard of before i think one of them is the portal and the one is introvox or something it's yes. called uh, yeah. so i wanted to ask what they are and what what they're used for capturing okay so you know there's different paranormal investigators who will use different ways of investigating and then you know there's no there's no right or wrong way and i don't think anyone could sit here and say there's a, a right or wrong way to investigate the paranormal i guess it's just yeah. what works for you like you know i will happily sit here and say i'm not the biggest believer in table tipping uh, or ouija boards because i can i find them too easily manipulated by the human touch um but there are people out there who swear by those techniques so i'm not going to say that that's wrong um but something i really believe in is white noise and different white noise frequencies being able to act as 
a platform for paranormal occurrences. Uh, and it's something I've tried and tested on many, many investigations before I even introduced them to television. Um, so the portal device gives off um, a real nice reverby uh, type of white noise that will pump out large amounts of it into the atmosphere. So you can actually feel the vibration of it. Yeah, it's very loud when you when you when you yeah, watch on absolutely. telly. Yeah, it, it is. It is quite loud, and uh, it gives a real nice sort of that that loud white noise frequency that you, that's you know very easily heard with the human um, hearing. The Intravox is slightly different, where it will give a mixture of that loud white noise that we can easily hear, and also stuff uh, under twenty hertz, where you know it's outside of the human hearing range stuff that the likes of uh, dogs and cats can hear um and both act in a, a really fascinating way and it was a few years ago now that i started to work with the sp7 spirit box which is very well known in the paranormal industry um and i started to wonder is it radio bleeds coming through that people are hearing and you know are, are just putting it down to paranormal, you know, a bit of lucky radio comes through, oh, it's a spirit. So I started to come up with this theory that it might not actually be, you know, the spirits manipulating the radio. I actually believe that it's the white noise acting as a microphone for spirit. So I wanted to test this theory and we got hold of the portal device. We cut all the radio leak out of it. Uh, took a long time to do um, and now it just gives the white noise that, that you can hear and shortly after doing these experiments it wasn't voices that were coming through it was actually stirring up the location so you would suddenly start hearing knocks and bangs and um, actual poltergeist activity would start happening when you had this white noise on and then eventually the voices started coming through. So not only does it act as a, a microphone, you know, like a digital voice recorder does for EVP, um, but I also believe it triggers paranormal events as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm a massive believer in white noise and the those devices in particular are absolutely incredible and they work extremely well for me. So we've, um, we've tried doing some remote spirit box sessions ourselves on some of our um, sort of live Facebook. Um, so Ash is up in Warrington, I'm down in Oxfordshire. <clears throat> so we've tried it where, like the Esther's method. Um, so I, I've been, uh, had the headphones on, I've had the spirit box in front of me. We've recorded it from a full spectrum camera on the live feed through Facebook. Um, whilst where I am, there's, it's not, well, I'm in a new build and it doesn't appear to be anything unusual. We've had a couple of, couple of things sort of that you could probably say are not coincidental. So they, they appear to be linked, but it's quite difficult to, to, um, sort of say, but I, I've seen you do it at the Jamaica Inn as well. And you, you, you got some good results there. Um, what is the most sort of haunt, haunted location that you've you've been to where you've used these kind of spirit box or AVP 
um, devices. I mean, there's, there's some incredible locations in the UK. You know, there's no doubt about it. And we're very lucky to have such historical locations over here. Uh, I will say, you know, to this day, the most haunted house, if you like, um, that I've ever worked at and continue to work at is Tatton Old Hall. Um, and it's a building I've had a, a long obsession with since quite a young age. Um, it's, it's in a really beautiful parkland. Uh, Ash, you'll probably know this being from Warrington yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we started a project there in 2018, which has been one of the most unique projects in the paranormal field and also one of the most eye-opening, in my opinion. Uh, and yeah, I, that location to this day has provided some of the finest evidence that, that we've ever captured. But I mean, going back to the Estes method, it's one of those methods that really does work, in my opinion, because, you know, you, you're cutting out the natural senses. Um, you know, you're blindfolded. You cannot see what's being called out. You cannot hear what's being called out. Uh, you're literally just relaying back what you hear. And I'm not sure whether you guys have seen a show called Hellier. Yeah. Um, that is a really fascinating show, in my opinion. And the SDS method some believe you can actually tap in to sort of spiritual energy or, or even otherworldly energy, shall we say, uh, that's not tied down to that location, which is probably why you guys had such a unique experience while you were actually doing it over the internet. Um, it, it is, it's a, fa a fascinating method that I think needs a lot more research going into it, but it's with everything in the paranormal. Will we ever know what's going on? No, that's right. So we we talk to a lot of people from different sort of backgrounds and different interests in the paranormal, UFO related um, sort of uh, subjects, and a lot of people talk about parallel universes, different dimensions, and the fact that some of the results that they feel that they're getting could actually not necessarily be spirits of people who have passed or whatnot, but could actually be people from, as crazy as it sounds to say it, a, a different sort of parallel universe or dimension. And I know scientists talk about the fact that there are parallel universes now and they believe that they do exist. Um, so do you think that some of the communications are are all spirit-based or do you think there could be for opening of your sort of mind whether or not they could be otherworldly as you you put it a moment ago yeah this this is something that really um it trips me out a little bit thinking about otherworldly stuff because it, you can get so deep with it that it, it you know and i, I won't uh, pretend to be any expert in um, UFOs or you know stuff to do with without space because I'm not that's that's not my strength my strength you know spirit stuff um, but I, I think I want to come back to what you said about science there um, science in my opinion continuously and regularly contradicts itself. Um, into such a way that I stopped believing in certain science because I just think that in 50 years from now or 100 years from now, 
they could turn around and go, well, actually, oh, this stuff is real. And because they, they've done it and, you know, evidence and facts says that to us that it wasn't so long ago scientists believed the earth was flat. Um, so science, <laughs> scientists will always look to debunk the paranormal, if you like, but I think as paranormal investigators, we can debunk some science um, because, you know, it works both ways. Yeah. Um, I am a massive believer that there is something out there in outer space, uh, a huge believer. How can there not be? We are one tiny solar system in trillions, gazillions. Um, so, yeah, I, and, and I do believe that we have been visited by something now. I'm quite a strong believer in the fact that we were put here. I'm not a believer in the evolution stage. Um, I think we're, we're far too advanced and you can call it a miracle all you like, but there's no, there's no way that we have evolved from absolutely nothing and had this perfect creation to evolve into uh, ape and then become man. There's not a chance in my opinion. I believe very strongly that we were put here by a far more advanced version of us. Um, now, going back to, to hauntings, if you've ever seen the film The Others, that, for me, is a really good way of explaining it. There's, there's two um, time periods going on at the same time. So, you know, you, you may go to a haunted house where you've got uh, the haunting of, you know, I'll, I'll be very cliche with it, a white lady who... Uh, was alive during 1572 or whatever. Um, but she may very well be living her life exactly how she lived it, trapped in some kind of residual time zone. And when we go into the building, we're the ghosts to them, if that makes sense. So, you know, it, it's mind-blowing. And, you know, I think as time goes on, we'll hopefully gain more understanding of what, what it is that's going on. Definite. Yeah, on a similar note, uh, obviously very local to, to both of us is Bond Street in Liverpool, which is famous for uh, the the time slip where someone's gone to a shop or turn around the corner and they suddenly appear in a different time. Uh, have you done any sort of looking into that bit with it being so local to you? No, I've not to be honest, but um, I've seen quite a few things on it, and it is very very interesting. Um, I believe. Uh, some scientists actually went underground to the, the tunnels that run underneath it, don't they? And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's something to do with the experimenting about infrasounds and whether that has a part to play in that area that they're getting these high levels of infrasound and is it affecting the human brain? Um, but, you know, to spin it for the believers out there and, and not to be too sceptical, you know, it's very possible that, you could be walking into some kind of residual hotspot where you are going back to, uh, you know, a very significant point of that location. For definite. Um, so we talked about the Estes method. Um, what other sort of go-to experiments do you class as being good for, for gaining kind of any kind of evidence or results? Yeah. I th you know, I, I think everybody's different in what kind of experiments they use. Um, I am a massive fan of the SDS method. I am a fan of the Singapore theory as well. You know, the, the fact that you can actually try to recreate um, 
you, you know, the, the, the clothing that they may have worn in that time period um, and try to recreate certain events, maybe. I remember did uh, did a, an investigation one Halloween at a place called Stanley Palace in Chester, where I had everyone turn up in Tudor clothing um, to try and trigger some kind of... Mm. And, you know, some people look at that and go, oh, my God, that's completely out there. But you know what? It is so worth trying to do. Um, and I wish very much sometimes that I could just step back from all the work that I'm actually doing right now and just strip it right back to, um, not to basics as such, but to a phase of my life where I had the time to conduct more experiments instead of having to just shoot episode after episode and not have the time to actually get down to the real nitty gritty of what it was like when I first started out, you know, it was a thoroughly enjoyable time to me. Um, I unfortunately, I just don't have the time for that anymore. Yeah, I'm waiting for the time when lockdown eases a bit. And uh, we, where I am in Oxfordshire, we've got um, some ruins just down the road from us. And uh, I'm part of a paranormal group as well. And uh, we've been down there a couple of times, got some good spirit box um, recordings, a, a lot of positive sort of energies coming from that we've captured some things on camera so hopefully we can get back down there but like you say it's being able to spend some quality time um, which sounds like you're a really busy guy um, so it must be must be a challenge um, in terms of um, we talked about some of the experiments used and some of the equipment what would you say is the one piece of equipment that you would not go to any location without? A camera. Um, you know, it, it's very, very simple, but I, so many people have personal experiences. And for me, although it seems very, very real to those people, I've had them, um, you know, people I, who I've worked with have had them, and I believe that they've had them, but because I can't experience that myself, I could never deem it to be 100%, you know, a paranormal uh, occurrence. And when I say paranormal, that doesn't mean 100% a haunting. It just means a paranormal occurrence. It's not a normal occurrence. Um, and, you know, I, I've had some absolutely mind-blowing personal experiences. Um, I've been made physically sick without any rational explanation for it. Um, you know, you may have seen in, in the Pendle Hill series, I had a complete time slip and I came out of the location crying my eyes out, which is just not me at all. Uh, and I had no recollection of why it happened. Um, and I think if you can't document that on camera, then who's ever going to believe that it happened? Um, so, you know, a camera, as simple as it may be, but that is the one thing that, I would always want to take on an investigation. So what made you want to make, take the leap from doing investigations for you to making the shows and doing it so everyone else can see it? Uh, so I've actually been involved in television since I was 15. So, you know, a very long time. Um, I've, I've always been involved in different types of productions. So when I stepped into the paranormal, and had the firm interest that I wanted to pursue the paranormal, it was always my goal to try and document it on camera. So, you know, I was always wanted to take my sort of experience in television and put that on screen for people. Um, it's just 
it's just the thing I'm good at, really. You know, different people have different skill sets and different things. Um, for me, putting things on on screen is my passion. And it's not only that, but it's I want skeptics like I very much was to watch something and go, wow, I can't explain that. No, I know that's very difficult with paranormal television because, you know, there's not a lot of trust out there for paranormal TV. But that is why um, I sort of created The Haunted Hunts as a show because we do release episodes where absolutely nothing happens. Um, and that is very damaging for viewing figures, it is, and people will switch off and they'll go, oh, I'm bored with that. And to be honest, I don't care in the slightest because I will refuse to put out episodes where something happens every single time because it's just not realistic at all. You know, what people don't see is the hours and hours and hours behind the scenes of what goes into The Haunted Hunts uh, and, you know, the Amazon show of when nothing is happening. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we've released now, well, I think it's, I think there's three episodes on Prime um, in the three series where absolutely nothing paranormal happens at all. And I've got no issue whatsoever with releasing that. Uh, and if people want to call that boring, that's that's cool. Just turn off the TV, then it's, it's not my issue. Um, I, I want to portray a realistic paranormal investigation. And yeah, you know, the, the show is very dramatic at stages. I'll fully admit that. I, you know, my presentation is is dramatic and over the top, but that's just because I have a showmanship about me. Um, and you know, if, if people want to watch a real paranormal investigation for ten hours with people sat round table tipping and just talking amongst themselves then there is no paranormal television is there <laughs> no i must say that your your shows definitely um lend a lot of credibility to the the paranormal experiences that i've had when i go on investigations where i've been loads of nights and absolutely nothing has happened and even shortly after getting there you like not feeling anything nothing seems yeah. to be happening but then there are and have been not uh, not that they tend to be on tv anymore um but there there are certain british shows that um tend to be a lot of things happen and i've been to some of the places like i've been to 30 east drive and yeah a couple of things happened um not a great deal and then this particular show that i watched people were being pulled up the stairs there was knives <laughs> i think we i think we both know which one that is but yeah. um and i'm just like what the fuck is that i went on this par this investigation and the lay one of the women that was on the the investigation with us was talking about this particular show and we we were discussing it with her and said you do realize that a lot of things that happen there don't necessarily happen there and it was news to her and but then i watch programs like yours and that restores faith in what i know to be a paranormal investigation where hours can go by and literally nothing will happen or things will happen and we sort of move on because it's only there's been some tapping noises or there's been some voice and we're trying to debunk it all the time um so i, I think that's been been one of the 
the positives or one of the many positives I've taken from the haunted hunts. Um, Thank you. So what I wanted to know was there's the old methods of like people using voice recorders, cameras, that kind of thing. Now I've seen you using the SLS, the, the, um, the puck as well. There's a lot of talk on the, the, all the Facebook groups and whatnot of people asking for apps recommended apps what's your take on apps i know me okay. and Ash have discussed these and we've got our view um, yeah. but i'd be interested yeah. to know yours um yeah okay so you know i i am fully aware of um a lot of you know the chat that is going on on some of the paranormal groups and i you know without sounding disrespectful at all i, I don't feel like certain uh, facebook live groups help the situation i am not a believer in apps at all um, Good. Yeah. <laughs> um with the sls okay so i think you need to recognize what creates a false positive with the sls camera um and once you start to realize what creates them, you can try and purposely avoid them. And I also find that sticking the SLS on a tripod is such a useful method. And I've overseen footage from an SLS camera for hours and hours and hours uh, until the battery's gone, where it's been on a tripod and it has mapped absolutely nothing. And that, for me, is a device that is fully working and can be believed. Now... I'm going to drop a massive spoiler here. Um, in series four of The Haunted Hunts, there is a moment where the SLS is on a tripod, completely stationary, and in an area which has absolutely nothing in it that could create a false positive, for about two and a half to three seconds, a figure randomly appears and then goes. So that, for me, is far more interesting than someone panning around with the SLS, going through a doorway, picking up a coat hanger in the background that is mapping in as, you know, a figure and, and then making a whole load of drama about it. Um, the paranormal puck. So I can fully understand that not a lot of people, um, to be honest, I don't think a lot of people have even used them in this country. Um, they're a build chapel design. And there is a section of it, which is a random word generator, um, the dictionary mode, which you will always get skeptics with. And that's absolutely fine. What I like about the puck is that it has loads of multiple features and you can get up on it. Have you guys used one before? No. No. Okay. So you have a grid um, where you've got multiple aspects so you've got barometric pressure static energy electromagnetic field temperature the list goes on it's huge um and you can actually watch the numbers in the fields fluctuate um or, or, or stay stable so that for me is really good because it's a nice scientific piece of equipment where you can visually see changes and then understand what is actually happening around the puck device itself now what's really interesting about the puck is i tried it when i first got it in my house which is not haunted in the slightest i asked 50 questions in a row there were no fluxations on these grids and not a single word came through the minute i took it to a haunted location 
this thing was going off the scale for a period of about two minutes. That was it. For the rest of the night, it was stable, but it was fluxating like mad for about two minutes. And I was getting relative words through. Now, here's a really interesting point about the puck. It suddenly brought through my surname, Moss, which was absolutely baffling because at the time, before the software was updated, Moss wasn't in its dictionary. Um, so that for me was was amazing. And again, with the Oculus Five, um, that has multiple features. So you've got energy modes where you can actually watch a you know a straight line. If you'd watched Paranormal Captured at the Jamaica Inn, you'd have seen I actually had it on a, a motion mode, and I was interacting with what I believe was a child because I was getting in, intelligent communication back to me through the device. So you know, it's not all about the dictionary mode, but in terms of apps, you know, I've been asked this question before, what would you recommend as a, the best paranormal app? A voice recorder. Simple as that, because the rest of them are absolute shite. Yeah, I'm glad you've said all of that. And again, that lends a lot of credibility to the show and uh, and what you're doing. So um, me and Ash have had our conversations about apps and random word generators um but it's interesting the pendle hill one of the pendle hill um episodes in season three when you're it's the last episode actually and uh, the puck comes up with the word wolf and you're in the dining room area and mm. then everybody suddenly realized that all the pictures in that room had wolves on it oh i and it, the, the bit for me that did it with that was the um we captured, we had a digital voice recorder up on the top of the stairs. where the, Sniffing where the, of a dog. Yeah. The, at the same time, that was... And then we got one, um, and again, this this just justifies the, the, the device for me. In Series 2, when we were in Chester, uh, there was a scene with Emma and me in Room 4 at the Old King's Head, and we were getting all this weird stuff happening, footsteps, whatever, Um and all of a sudden, the word Veronica came through the puck. Now, at the exact same time that word comes through, Emma catches um, on her digital voice recorder a woman saying Veronica. <laughs> Clear as day. Class A EVP. <laughs> so for me, that is just... Yeah. But it's absolutely mind-blowing to think that how can a, a haunting, a manifestation, create a word in... A piece of software how can that happen uh, and still to this day i have absolutely no idea and again you know episode four at saddler's farm in pendle which is people's favorite episode i'm led to believe um was with old dem like it's just it's too coincidental uh, and and that for me is you, you can then take away the oh it's just a random word and you're just you're just matching it to the situation for the for the word southern to come through in that location at that exact moment for me was just like wow. <laughs> yeah, I think if you can get the the same sort of like the wolf and the dog sniffing, um, and words captured in two different mediums, I think that's yeah. the that's the along with the capture of that that figure, I think yeah. they're they're definitely the bits that for me provide the best evidence because you you've got yeah. two two or three or however many different different types of equipment that don't interact with each other 
all producing the same experience or linked experiences. Absolutely. Um, I think that's that's the stuff that um, does it for me, really. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot harder to debunk, you know, because multiple pieces of, of evidence backing up each other, if you like. Uh, yeah, it, it, it becomes a lot harder to explain when it's like that. I fully yeah. agree. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, because uh, going back to talking about debunking and the way that you guys approach the experiments and investigations, uh, the team you've got is awesome. And like we've like without throughout season three that I've watched you know, over the past week, when something happens, the team members are straight away they're trying to explain what it is. Like you got <laughs> sometimes, got a, yeah. Well, a lot of times you got a becking box and you see a shadow. Sometimes but... I just shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like, like, yeah, like rocks and and Becky in there, like see a shadow or see something, and they're trying to think: is it the moonlight going through? Is it someone else moving? And I think that that wears on a lot of other programs. They're planning straight away that it has to be this. It's unexplainable. They obviously build it up to for, for entertainment purposes. I was wanted to talk about the team members you've got because you do have a, a great team. How how do you know them? Are they all friends from the past, or you got to know them through the investigations, or or, or yeah, how do you know all them? Yeah, I, I'm really glad you said that because you know um, one thing I really don't like when it comes to the haunted hunts is that you know I, I do appreciate that I am the lead investigator, but I don't like it being all about me um, because the other guys are absolutely incredible at what they do. Um, so Becky is my sister. Not a lot of people know that. Um, and she has had uh, a bit of a fascination with the paranormal like me since, you know, since experiencing stuff. But when yeah. I started the Haunted Hunts, she was straight on board. But what I will say about Becky is that she's certainly one of the most sceptical amongst us. Uh, it takes a lot to convince her. Uh, even though she is quite jumpy as, as well. Um, Charlie and Rocks started coming on my public events many years ago now, and they then started attending private investigations with me. I started inviting them along because I saw something in both of them that I liked. And I've kind of, they're both very unique, but I've molded them into the way that I wanted the show to go and how my public investigations wanted to go. Um, but, you know, Charlie brings his own unique strengths to the investigation. He's very, very brave. I'll give him that. You know, he will put himself in any situation. The lad just doesn't, doesn't give one at all. Um, it's quick to... Uh, it is you think there's somebody outside, he's, he's, like, he's out there. He's yeah. seen there is he, someone he, out there. He is. Um, but, you know, Charlie has been through some of the most mind-blowing experiences that, that we've had as a team, and I've seen him get deeply affected by some of them, uh, which has been quite concerning. Uh, Rox brings a real nice, calm, sort of level-headed approach, which I like. And then we brought Emma on. Uh, I actually worked with her at Newsham Park Asylum in Liverpool, um, and she, her knowledge of the paranormal was very, very impressive. Um, she she likes to put different spins on things, but she actually brings a rational approach, which is which is something I really, really like. But you know, I think going back to you know that we try and debunk stuff straight away, we've all been guilty 
even on camera, of jumping to the paranormal conclusion straight away. But I just think that that is a natural sort of human emotion when you're in a supposed haunted building and we've had all the history, we've put in all the research and we so badly want it to be paranormal that something can happen, we'll automatically jump and go, oh, it was this, it was this. And sometimes we have to step back and go, all right, guys, no, come on. And sometimes that happens after we filmed in the edit. Um, But yeah, you know, we all do try to debunk as much as possible, definitely. So what's next for you and the guys? What have you got coming up? Uh, So yeah, we we announced um, late last year that we were in production for Series 4. Pendle absolutely went beyond what I could have ever imagined. Um, the, the amount of people that have tuned in and watched that series is, is just fascinating. And a big, massive thank you, because that means the world to all of us. You know, the Haunted Hunts is like our baby that we've been creating for such a long time now. Um, the, the, for us to get that many views on it was, was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're in production for Series 4, which is very very different to anything else we've done um big massive shout out to the the crew behind the scenes who are putting us through hell uh, so alice and nick they are doing all the work that we're not allowed to go to any of the locations not allowed to know anything we literally get hit with a postcode so we filmed we've done four so far um and we literally get hit with a postcode the morning of the investigation wow and we go there, we turn up, we know nothing, and it's like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's in the pipeline for a late summer, early autumn release. Uh, I'm currently working on another show, which I'm not allowed to say about right now, but uh, for people who know my work will probably guess what that is, uh, another series of that. Uh, and I do have something in the pipeline which is top secret which for me would be a personal dream come true uh, and if it all if it all goes to plan then uh, hopefully i'll be able to make an announcement later this year amazing really amazing good. i look forward to to hearing all of these uh, new new projects coming up and uh, yeah thank you for taking the time to come and speak to us tonight um, oh no thank you guys really for good. having me on really appreciate it good to sort of get to know you rather than the the person we see just on the the TV. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Pursuit of the Paranormal with Ash and Greg.